Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Joining me is the man behind website, astrosfuture.com, Jimmy Price. And this season, maybe more than any season, the future of the Astros pitching staff is on the field, Jimmy. No Garrett Cole, no Verlander, no Orkidi, McHugh, Peacock, Joe Smith, Will Harris. But as we record on Sunday morning, nine rookies have accounted for 35 and a third of the Astros' 76 total innings, almost half, and they've combined for a 1.27 ERA. Could, could you have ever imagined this? You know, a couple of guys I expected to do well, but uh, to see him come in this kind of situation with everything going on and be able to have that kind of success immediately uh, has been kind of nice. I guess just the disappointing part is with their success, you know, the Astros are only 4-4 four and four at this point. But, uh, no, it's really nice to see the young guys come in and contribute and uh, pitch in some high-pressure innings and, and have success. I feel like we need to introduce this entire pitching staff uh, to everybody because – a lot of these names we know, but a lot of these names we have never heard before. I'll start off with Christian Javier, who without question looks like the most impressive of all the Astro puppies. And, you know, he's somebody that we, we had heard of. Jeff Luno was excited about him last year. Uh, do you agree that he's been the most impressive, number one? And number two, just what can you tell us about him? Yeah, uh, I mean, he's he's obviously been great. Uh, the start he had the other night was phenomenal. He was dominant against a, a really good lineup. And really showcased kind of everything that he did in the minors. Um, I mean, he was, he had a extremely dominant minor league career. Uh, you go back and look at his numbers and, and they're pretty, pretty mind boggling actually, but he was able to uh, go ahead and, and, and show his stuff that, you know, that I honestly wasn't sure if he had, I mean, he was getting his fastball up to 96 and, and the minors are reports and stuff that I read a lot of it all showed him as a, maybe a low nineties guy. Um, so he was extremely impressive. Probably one other rookie that I think has really kind of came out of nowhere that most people are impressed with is going to be Blake Taylor. You know, they traded Jake Marisnik to get him this past off season and kind of just seemed like, oh, you're just getting, you know, a 24 year old left handed pitcher. But I think he's easily been our best reliever to this point. He's tossed six innings in, in four games and he only allowed two hits, no runs. Uh, so that's probably a guy that I think has been if I had to say the biggest surprise, that would probably be it. But in terms of, you know, projecting forward, I think Javier is probably the, the best looking one in terms of you know what we might get as a as a starting pitcher. I want to come back to Blake Taylor, but. On Christian Javier, what is his ceiling? Could he be a number one or number two guy in a rotation? That's hard to say. He doesn't have like the the typical size, I guess, of a, you know of your your you know your one and two. But we saw what he did the other night. He's got the stuff. And like I said, if he's running his fastball up in the mid nineties, he's he's had a very long track record of strikeouts. And everyone always said he's more of a deception artist, and that that's what led to his strikeouts. Um, and that may be true, but you know if he's running his fastball up there in the mid nineties, then then you're you know adding. Uh, a good fastball on top of all his off-speed pitches. So projecting him up to a number one, I think that would that may be difficult, especially given the lack of innings that he's pitched at this point in his career. Just in terms of you know how many innings he's pitched, the most he's pitched is 113 innings in one season. Um, so projecting that to that is is kind of difficult, but um, I do think he'll be a guy who can rack up the strikeouts and, and can be a uh, successful starter in the major leagues. Well, since you mentioned Blake Taylor, let's go back to him a little bit, and I'm sure fans are asking, who's Blake Taylor? Where did he come from? Yeah, so the Astros uh, acquired him for the trade for Jake Marisnik this past offseason, and I've been extremely surprised with him. And, and I, you know, I didn't really know what the Astros were getting at the time. I, I remember with the trade, I, I get on baseball reference, I look up the numbers, and I see, okay, he had pretty good numbers last year and, and, uh, and made it up to AAA. But you just never know what you're getting when you're just, you know, just getting a, a, a relief pitcher. But, I mean, he's been phenomenal. The stuff looks good. He's getting, 
getting guys out, both righties and lefties. And I mean, I don't think there's it's any stretch to say that at this point he's been the best uh, relief pitcher on the Astros staff. Is he projected as a relief pitcher? Is there any potential for him as a starter? Does he have the number number of pitches to go to, or is this a guy that's uh, you know potential lefty out of the bullpen for years for the Astros? He was a starter a little while back in his minor league career, but he recently moved to uh, to relief last year, and that's when he actually started having a success. I think the Astros would probably try to find find a way to keep him as a relief pitcher, uh, and not necessarily just you know your your typical lefty because he looks like he can. He could be better than just the guy that comes in only to face lefties, depending on what the inning is. I mean, he he might end up being more of a high leverage guy. But at this point, with the success he's having and the stuff he's showing, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't try to move him to a starter. I would keep him in the bullpen. And I mean, as you're seeing and everyone's seeing right now, we we need as many successful relievers as we can get. Not only has Javier had electric stuff, Blake Taylor showed some stuff, but another guy, Anoli Paredes, who. On the broadcast, they said he gained 20 pounds over the offseason. So in many ways, he looks like a, a much different pitcher than the Astros saw last season. What was the book on him and what had you heard prior to this season? Yeah, so he's uh, you know a, a small guy that just has electric stuff. I mean, he's only like 5'11", but you see what he's doing he do with his fastball. He's running up in the, the you know high 90s pretty easily. And he's got electric stuff. He just It really just comes down to command for him. And so far this year, it's... It's been a little bit of a struggle, but you know, like he he uh, pitched uh, in Double A last year, and now he's pitching in the pros. Uh, you know, he didn't even get the the chance to go to Triple A, which could be could help his his development. Uh, but he does have the electric stuff to to be able to come out of the bullpen and be successful, and he he has shown some of that stuff so far in his in his major league career. Um, it's really just going to be about making sure his command is on point and not walking as many guys, not giving up as many hits, obviously. But yeah, just another young reliever that that is coming out of the pen with uh, with stuff that that looks impressive. Let's go to Nivaldo Rodriguez, who's 23 years old, basically just you know walked out of the <laughs> single A. Uh, he never pitched higher than single A prior to uh, this past year, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's just, it's crazy to see. I mean, obviously the circumstances has. Uh, made us watch baseball in a way we haven't ever watched. And now we're seeing guys that are just making their major league debuts left and right with, you know, limited uh, playing experience. I mean, he's, he only threw just a little over 200 minor league innings in his minor league career. But yeah, last year he was, he was mainly a starter uh, at single a and high, a, um, had some, some pretty good numbers. Uh, but at this point, you know, the Astros are needing relievers and they're needing guys that they think can come in and get major league hitters out and that have decent stuff. And Navarro Rodriguez is one of those guys. So I'm interested to see what they do with him moving forward. Um, I'm interested to see if they end up trying to maybe bump him to uh, to a starter or something like that. But right now, yeah, it looks like he's uh, he's just another guy that they're going to try to run out of the pen. I know he ended up getting the loss last night, but just see if they uh, if they can run him out of the pen and see if he can show off his electric stuff and try to get some guys out. Are these guys that you know some of these guys you're you're having you were the minor league guy for the Astros? Are these guys that you're having to scramble a little bit, or do you feel like yeah, oh yeah, I, I, I've been following this guy. I know what's going on. So, yeah, I definitely know the names. And Javier and Paredes were guys that you know I saw having great success in the minors, and I was really excited about. I had no idea that Nivaldo Rodriguez would be in the majors this year. Like I said, just pitching in high last year and having having success, but not like dominating like a Javier. Uh, and then seeing him pitch in the majors now is, is pretty crazy. And a guy that just he had some some pretty good numbers, but just wasn't you know wasn't I don't think he was any in uh, in any top thirty prospect list. And now he's you know pitching the majors at twenty three after not pitching above high A. So um, it's definitely made me you know go back and look at some numbers and you know kind of get more information on these guys that I didn't have you know prior to the start of the season because uh, I just I, like I said I didn't expect uh, a guy like Rodriguez to even be in the pros at this point. 
Rodriguez, was he even drafted by the Astros or was he a, a free agent? Um, like one of those uh, guys that they picked up out of, was he, is he a Venezuela guy? Yeah, he's Venezuela. So he, yeah, he was drafted at, or I'm sorry, signed as a, uh, as an international free agent. Yeah. That's just an incredible story for him. I mean, these are, these are all turning out to be incredible stories. And one of them, Andre Scrub, who picks up a save, like who would have ever guessed that a guy named Andre Scrub would have picked up a save for the Astros early in this season. And I've got a vague memory of him coming over in the Tyler White deal, but like most Astros fans, wasn't really expecting anything because the Astros sold low on Tyler White. Jimmy, do you have any expectations for Scrub? Can, can this guy be something? I mean, what, what what's the book on him? So when they traded for him, I kind of had the feeling I was, you know, that maybe we're getting some kind of relief prospect because he had some some decent numbers as a relief pitcher in, in uh, the Dodgers system. Uh, but once again, he pitched in in Double A last year. The numbers weren't great. I mean, they weren't terrible, but they weren't great. And now he's pitching in you know the major leagues after not pitching above Double A and having success. And like I said, he, he picked up his first save the other night. So I guess getting anything for Tyler White at this point would be a positive. So the fact that they got you know an arm um, that can actually collect or actually take minor league or major league innings has been has been nice he's getting valuable innings now and it's going to help his development and hopefully he continues to progress and, and you know the trade will clearly look like a win for us the last couple of new faces are the brandons bailey and belak and let me start with brandon bailey who was a six-round pick for the a's back in 2016 i honestly had forgotten he was part of that ramon laureano deal jimmy i'll, I'll let you pick up what kind of happened to bailey after that they only did that deal because you know that it was it was a put him on the forty man roster, potentially lose him to the draft, and they went ahead and made a deal, got a pitcher in Brandon Bailey that had some really really good numbers. He was a high spin rate type of guy, so you know real strong curve, and he, and he had success in the Astros minor league system. He went up from high A to double A, and then last year he pitched at double A and had more strikeouts than innings pitched and finished with a three point three zero ERA. So to see him at, at twenty five years old coming up and pitching in the Astros. Uh, or in, you know, in the major leagues, is is not something that's too hard to believe because I've seen him have success in his minor league career. I mean, his last three seasons, he was he he had good numbers, was able to strike guys out. So uh, it, it it is nice to see us getting something for Ramon Laureano because you know he's uh, he's doing pretty well with Oakland right now. But yeah, Bailey was was a guy that it was it was almost more of a kind of a throw in just to make sure we get something for for Laureano rather than lose him to the Rule Five draft. Uh, but it's nice to see him having success and, and getting opportunity now with the Astros. And didn't I see that Bailey was actually picked uh, from Rule Five off the Astros, but then they got him back, right? He never pitched. You know, obviously he didn't pitch in the major leagues uh, with, and I think it was with Baltimore who picked him up. And, and he, you know, he went over there, but never ended up pitching in a major league game, and then uh, was eventually returned to the Astros. So one other guy that, uh, well, we've got a couple other guys because there was an, another guy. Just we, we, you and I were planning to do this, and there was another. A uh, player that uh, looks like he's uh, on the horizon, but uh, let me go with the other Brandon first of all, and that's Brandon Belak, an 11th round pick out of Notre Dame in 2017, just three years ago. I noticed his numbers were impressive uh, until Round Rock last year, but I don't recall much buzz about him coming into this year. He's a guy I've, I've been pretty high on. He had some uh, some pretty rough numbers uh, in Notre Dame when he got drafted, but the stuff was there. Uh, but he came into the Astros season. And his first two seasons with the Astro in the Astro system were. Um, just absolutely dominant and, uh, you know, really got on my radar. Well, you mentioned last year uh, he had some pretty decent numbers in double A, went up to triple A. And then if you looked at the overall number of the 4.41 ERA, you know, you might be a little concerned about it. But when you realize, you know, what round rock is and, and the, the launching pad and the way it was hard to have success there, it's not as concerning. And, and really, I'd have to go back to look at the exact numbers. But I think his last seven or eight starts, he had an ERA around two. 
a lot of the, the numbers were inflated from his early starts in Round Rock. Uh, but he still ended up striking out 86 and 85 innings. So he's a guy I was, uh, I was really high on and I think has has future as a starter in this league. If the Astros end up you know, needing a starter down the road, I could see him being one that they would try to try to go ahead and give some spot starts. But now I'm really excited to see him get an opportunity because he's a guy that early, I said early on following the draft, he started dominating in the Astros system and, and he's worked his way up. It was an easy guy to project, I guess, as a starter, given the amount of pitches he has and, uh, and his size and everything he's done so far at this point. If he can be a starter, are we thinking more like just kind of a bottom of the starting rotation guy, not not a top guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, know, you you might be looking at a three or four. I, I never want to project somebody as a, a five because you never know what a five is going to be. Like five is spot starter sometimes, or depending on the rotation, you know, a five could still be a decent starter. But yeah, I don't think he would be maybe a number one or number two, but you know, could fill in that three or four range. And the guys just keep coming up one after the other. Now, uh, Carlos Sanabria is the latest guy. He just got recalled when Chris Davinsky got sent down. Who is Carlos Sanabria? We're looking at another, uh, another you know, international free agent that the Astros have signed out of Venezuela back in, uh, back in I think, 13 or 14. So he's another guy who is, who's had some success. He, he started some, uh, but has been more of just a straight reliever recently, uh, but is still extremely young. Like I said, he's been in the Astros system a while, but uh, he, he was just 22 last year, uh, just turned 23 back in January. But, you know, his numbers... Uh, we're solid, but he's a guy who's probably got some good stuff, but he's also got some command and some control problems and going to have to you know, find a way to refine that. Uh, but it looks like a, the Astros at this point are just really trying to bring up anybody who's got stuff that they believe can get major league hitters out. And Santa Bria is, Santa Bria is going to be one of those guys. Um, he's still going to have some work to do, obviously, to, to make sure that he uh, you know, doesn't walk as many because that, that's been an issue for him in the minors. Uh, but he has the, the raw stuff to be able to come up to the pros and get guys out at this point. So it's going to be exciting to see another another young guy make you know make their debut. The debuts were always something I enjoyed watching. It's unfortunate the families can't be there to watch them like, like normal times. But to be able to see so many young pitchers and uh, you know make their debuts that are this early on in the season has been really cool. And you think with all these debuts, it's got to be helpful to have this many guys come up. And they're making their debuts in the major leagues. And one of the things that you would think would be the butterflies of uh, pitching in the major leagues, Jimmy. But as I watch this, there's no fans. So you don't have that sensation of, oh, I'm, I'm in front of a big major league crowd like most guys do. So maybe in a way it's helpful. It's, this is kind of a slow and, you know, just a slow process of them getting to, uh, you know, get that stress of major league baseball, but without the fans and without maybe the bigger stress of a big audience. Yeah, it's got to be really strange, uh, you know, to go from even pitching in, you know, double A, triple A or something like that, where, you know, maybe they're pitching in front of, you know, like, I don't know, five to 10,000. And then, and, you know, you get you think you're getting the call to the majors and you're about to be pitching in 30 or 40,000. And now there's zero fans. There's no uh, no crowd noise, nothing like that. But um, so I do think that could help them in a way um, other than it just being a, an odd situation for everybody. But I, I think having so many young guys making their debuts is also probably beneficial for them. You know, they can they can bounce off those guys. They see other guys out there. It probably feels almost like making a, a spring training debut. You know, you're 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 playing with all the major league guys, but you're also uh, you know pitching against other pros. But you also got a bunch of the rookies that you're used to playing with in the minors on your staff. So it, it's got to be extremely interesting. I, I'd be you know I'd be interested to talk to one of these guys down the road and just kind of you know, ask them their thoughts about, you know, making their major league debut in front of zero fans. Everybody and anybody is getting called up, Jimmy, but the guy that we've all been looking forward to is Forrest Whitley. What is going on with that? Because 
you know, on one hand you go, well, they're bringing everybody up, but I'm guessing that maybe the only reason that they haven't brought them up is they, they don't want to put the major league service time on them. That's the only thing I can think of. And they just don't think he's, he's ready and they, they want him to be ready so they can get the most out of him. That would be the only excuse outside of he's a total Mark Appel bust. I think the service time is part of it, but it seems like he just, he just can't get healthy and stay healthy to, to a point where he's able to, to to pitch decent in the minors and have his opportunity in the majors. I know, um, I think Brian McTaggart just said yesterday that he's dealing with a sore arm down in Corpus Christi and is the same sore arm he was dealing with back in uh, back in summer camp or something like that. So, you know, he's got he's to find a way to, to stay healthy, and I don't know what the Astros can do to help that, but it's been really disappointing to see him, you know, have such an, an early dominant minor league career and fly up the radar and become a, you know, one of, I think at one point he might have been the top pitching prospect in baseball to the point now where he can't he can't even get healthy enough to have an opportunity when the Astros are, you know, debuting nine nine rookies this year. You know, he should be on that list. He needs to be up here contributing. And and unfortunately, he just hasn't been able to. So I, I don't know what their plan is moving forward. I, service time might have a little bit to do with it. But at this point, it just seems like the health is what's really preventing him from even getting a shot. I tell you what, with all these guys that they need and all the young pitchers and everything, we were so excited a couple of years ago with Josh James and excited last year with what we saw from Abreu. But have they been a big disappointment to you or were you expecting this as far as their learning curve? And and what do you think their future is? I mean, are they in trouble? Are they getting passed up by guys at this point? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. I think James will be around. I mean, we see the stuff he has. You know, he's only made the one start to this point, so we're we're gonna see how it goes. And he's done this before, right? Where one one start he may look dominant, the next start he's walking, you know, five six guys. So he, he's gonna have to find some consistency. Brian Abreu, another guy, he's got really good stuff. But yeah, if if the other pitchers come up, that these these young guys, these twenty two, twenty three year olds, and they're coming up and they're pitching well, it could be an opportunity that he loses maybe his high leverage spot that he's got right now, and. and you know, Dusty Baker starts turning into some of the younger guys. But at this point, it's kind of early to, to draw on any real conclusions. Um, he's only pitched in three games, but he's he's got the stuff to succeed. But, I, you know, he may be feeling some pressure from from inside the clubhouse of, you know, seeing these other rookies go out there and perform while he's still, you know, struggling a little bit. What do you think of the big redheaded Alaskan size Snead? Do you feel like uh, he's just kind of a guy maybe to fill out a, rot- you know, fill out a bullpen or something like that? Or does he have more potential than that? Because we've seen a lot of him over the last couple of years. Yeah, I feel like he's a guy who who can you know be a be maybe a low leverage guy who can come in when the starter gets shelled early and, and can you know mop up some innings. Uh, maybe not a guy who you're going to use in the seventh, eighth, or ninth, but a valuable a valuable piece in in the bullpen that can that can contribute and um, and, and log you some innings. And you know he's he was a starter in the minor, so him being able to stretch out and get you multiple innings at a time shouldn't be a problem either. Have you taken Joe Kelly off your Christmas card list? He was never on it, so <laughs> he was never on it. <laughs> uh, what did you think of how that whole situation unfolded? Were you uh, were you were you angry about it? Are you just kind of expecting it, and just you know, this is what's going to be going on this year? Or how, how did you feel about it? You know, I mean, I think I think we all expected at some point some kind of some kind of tempers are going to flare between the Astros and another team, and I, I do think it's funny that it comes from Joe Kelly, who played on the Red Sox, who. Um, have been disciplined over cheating as well, and now he's playing with Mookie Betts, who was also on the Red Sox with him. But it just, it, to me, it's like a, a bad look on just the, on the the you know personal side of it. Not even the baseball, but you know, you throw at somebody, you end up striking Correa out, and then you walk off towards your all the way towards your dugout, like while talking 
tough and craft a career rather than stopping it and doing it right there. You know, and I think, you know, he's, he's probably one of the guys that knows he can talk crap and get away with it right now because no one wants to get into a, a big brawl because of everything going on. And I mean, heck, you got an eight game suspension. Um, and I think that's just the MLB saying, you know, we don't want anyone doing anything to, to try to cause any type of brawl because we can't afford more people getting sick. And, and obviously we see the implications it's having on some other teams right now. You cover the minor leagues. Everybody has been focusing on the major leagues and what's going on there and what's going on with the virus and everything else that's going on in the world in general. I want to get your take. What is happening with the minor leagues? What are we going to see? What is the future of minor league baseball? And you think this is just about the virus or are we seeing something that could be totally changing in minor league baseball from here on out? So I think right now it's it's about the virus, but I do think um... – having no minor league baseball could potentially change the way that, you know, some things, uh, some things move forward and teams could have reevaluate on how many teams they actually need to have a successful minor league uh, system. And I think right now, a lot of the players are playing down in Corpus. They're probably just doing scrimmage games and working out and stuff like that. And basically, basically, uh, you know, getting reps in, but also being ready just in case the Astros need help. But um, it is disappointing uh, seeing this because, if, if the you know the major league teams can find a way to have success without having a fully stocked minor league system and you know five six teams, then maybe in the future they think, okay, well, why don't we only have a couple teams? Then we'll have a an area where we can get have guys play and have you know scrimmage and stuff like that. So it's hard to say right now, and it's really there's not a lot of information on what the the future is going to hold at this point. So kind of just waiting, um, you know, just extremely disappointed that a lot of these prospects that you know had good seasons last year. When, have the opportunity to build on it as they're growing, you know, won't get that chance. Is it a bad thing if they cut the minor leagues down? I mean, it's a bad thing for the economies of those small towns that had the minor league teams, but is it a bad thing overall for, for major league baseball that you would have less guys to choose from, or could that, could that help a little bit and concentrate the talent somewhat to where, you know, the competition is a little bit heavier uh, and maybe it makes it a little bit easier for major league teams to, give a little bit more money to some of these guys that are in the minor leagues. So they're not, you know, making next to nothing down there. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a good point, but I do think, uh, I think overall it wouldn't be a good thing to lose teams like that. I mean, you know, you see guys that are getting opportunities only because there is so many teams, you know, guys that are getting drafted in the 25th round. If you got rid of teams, I don't think you'd be having a draft that's near that big and and to, to be able to lose that. And, you know, a lot of guys, you know, you see these guys that are signed from Venezuela and these other countries and stuff, they're coming over here and, you know, even if their signing bonus isn't a lot, they're able to come over here and, and kind of, you know, create a life for themselves in, in the United States playing baseball and, and to help their family as well. So just to, to kind of see all that go out the window and, and it really limited down the teams would, I think, would be really disappointing. And, and that's hopefully something that they don't plan on doing. We look in Sugarland with the Skeeters and it's an independent league. It's not affiliated with uh, any major league clubs. Could that be the future? Could we see more of these independent leagues and some of these guys that couldn't kind of get into uh, the major league, minor league system, I guess you would call it. Uh, could they go to the independent leagues? And could we uh, maybe have a whole new system of where those guys are the guys that maybe the, the fall through the cracks, they can find their way over there and then eventually get to the major leagues? Yeah, I think that's an option, but I, I, I do think the, the appeal of playing in the minors is yeah, the fact that you have the opportunity to promote, you know, from, from high, uh, single A to high to double A and try to work your ways up. Um, you know, so I think some guys, if they're if they don't have the opportunity to play in the minors, they could be like, well, you know what, maybe baseball isn't for me, and they try to go do another career field. Because uh, you know, you could go play for the Skeeters, and you could be great, but at that point, you know, you got to wait for a, a scout to see you and, and like you, and then decide to sign you. 
Um, and then, you know, you're back at square one in the minors, I guess, depending on how many, how many teams there are. So I do think you'll, you'll see some guys that have the love of baseball that will want to continue playing. But uh, overall, I think that, you know, if, if the minor league isn't an option, I think you'll see a lot of the, the guys that maybe don't have as good of a chance, uh, maybe just look at, you know, taking a different career field. All right, well, just tell people where everything is at uh, AstrosFuture.com because, you know, you don't have minor leagues to cover this year, but I, I would assume you could uh, you got these guys to, to write about now because you, you know their stories. Yeah, it's it's been tough. You can find me, uh, you know, AstrosFuture.com or at AstrosFuture on Twitter, but it's been tough recently. Uh, there, there's just a, not a, a lot going on. There's not a- – not uh you know no minor league games to recap no promotions no no you know the a lot of the top prospects that were younger guys aren't getting the opportunity to, to shine right now but yeah we'll we'll still be having some stuff coming especially with the, like you said with these young guys debuting um, and showing what they're made of. What do you see the Astros' future rotation as? I mean, let's say Verlander and Granke are gone in a year, year and a half. I mean, is it going to be some of these guys? Do you think that, that they can hold and stick? Uh, Christian Javier, of course, we we've talked about, but. Uh, a couple other of these guys, do you think that they're rotation guys? And, and like, if you were to make up your rotation right now for the Astros in a, in a year and a half without Verlander and Granke, assuming maybe they're both gone in a year and a half, what would it be? I think the Astros are going to continue to try to find uh, a veteran, you know, veteran pitchers in a market that they think is right. So if that's either via trade or in free agency, and, and they won't go with just a McCullers and, you know, maybe four young guys. But I 100% think Javier is a guy that they're going to pencil in, in in their rotation moving forward, along with McCullers, um, and maybe you know maybe a Belak like we mentioned, or maybe even a Josh James if he kind of gets things figured out. But um, I'd be interested to see how this offseason goes, or this the next offseason goes, um, and what they look to do in terms of signing pitchers, especially if Verlander is going to miss the next season if he ends up having Tommy John surgery or whatever. Um, but I think I think Click is a guy who will make trades to uh, to try to fill the staff where he's not relying on just rookies or or young guys. And it's crazy you didn't even mention Forrest Whitley. That's where we are with him right now. There, it's hard to project forward. I mean, he he hasn't he hasn't had success in the minors in, in a while. He hasn't been fully healthy in a while. So at this point, I feel like it, it you know it, it would be unrealistic to try to count on him as a guy in your rotation you know as early as this season or next season. Well, thanks so much for doing this, Jimmy. Uh, hopefully we get some actual minor league baseball again next year, but it seems like uh, they're, they're all here, Jimmy. They're all here. You know, normally we're, we're blessed to see some rookies come up, and it's fun to watch them make their debut. And now, like I said, we've got nine in the first uh, you know week and a half of baseball. has been great. Yeah, before we close things out, just want to quickly remind everybody, you know, give us your feedback, suggestions, questions, topics. We're looking for them right now. Message us through Twitter, Facebook, or email us at info at houstonsportstalk.net. We'll be back again really soon with me and uh, Stephen and the big show uh, later this week. But stay healthy and safe, everybody. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.